following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April Ford. Welcome to You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm your host, April J. Ford. We have a great segment today, How Loneliness and Memory play a big part of recovery. But before I bring on my guest, Dave, with me today, I wanted to say a hello and warm welcome of gratitude to all of the You Are Not Alone listeners out there listening globally. Just to name a few cities, countries, and states out there, we've got Padera in Italy, of course, here in the United States, Crafton, Pennsylvania, Colorado Springs, Colorado, Los Angeles, Roseville. We've got Roseville, Northern California, my hometown of Sacramento, La Jolla and San Diego, Scottsdale, Arizona, Houston, Texas, and Melbourne, Australia, Jakarta, Indonesia, just to name a couple, uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, Ontario, Canada. And again, thank you to all of our listeners out there globally. I offer this show as an example for people who may feel alone during adversity that they are not alone. Loneliness has been an overriding theme of my life and the challenge I've had to overcome. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. I created a formula in four steps on how to create a blueprint to rise above life's challenges. And these four steps are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. Now, this blueprint guides you on finding who you are and how to handle the challenges you're facing. This is how you will transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. I believe on taking a holistic approach on implementing these four steps. So this show will bring on expert guests focused on empowerment. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered at our new time every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific here on Voice America. So on with today's segment. I wanted to share a couple studies with you guys. A University of Sterling study suggested a possible link between poor short-term or working memory and depression. And another study at the University of Michigan suggested that attention and short-term memory processing are directly affected by a person's surroundings and environment. So let's ask, you know, what happens when life throws you a curveball and you feel alone in, in adversity? Are 
episode expert guest today, Dave Farrow, is a two-time Guinness record holder for Greatest Memory, and we'll be discussing how loneliness and memory play a big part of recovery. He has been featured on over 2,000 interviews in the media, including The Today Show, Live with Regis and Kelly, Steve Harvey, Discovery Channel, and many others. To earn the world record, Farrell recalled the exact order of 59 decks of shuffled playing cards using the Farrell memory method. This method was originally invented to combat Farrell's dyslexia and ADHD and is now a, a unique memory system backed by a double-blind neuroscience study at McGill University. Let's help and welcome Dave Farrow to our show today. How are you, Dave? Welcome. Oh, I'm so happy to be on your show. I've been looking forward to this, April. This is uh, th- this is a fantastic topic, and uh, I just wanted you to know that uh, after this is done, I'm going to blast this out to all of my fans, and I'm going to keep this in the archives and keep on going back to it, because this is the little part of memory we don't talk about, which is that emotional aspect uh, that uh, we're going to get in today. Right. And and you being the two-time Guinness World Record holder for, I mean, tell us how, how did you earn this title, not once, but twice? Well, you know, to be honest, I was actually, uh, you know, as you know, challenged with ADD and dyslexia when I was a kid. And, you know, when you say that, it just come, kind of comes off as, hey, that's my bio. And, you know, here's why you should listen to me, because, you know, I had a challenge. and I overcame it, uh, which is what your show is about. But, um, you know, really, when I was in that situation, I didn't know that my life was going to work out. Well, I didn't know that I was going to become the success. I just had these learning challenges, and I really couldn't focus. And I think a lot of people listening might have had that same situation. It might be because of depression or something. But, you know, you're trying, you're trying, and you're easily distracted, or you can't maintain focus for a long period of time. And then, you know, compound that with, say, you have to go back to school, or you have to, uh, uh, you know, remember someone's name, or you have to, like, learn a language, and all of a sudden, you just feel like an idiot. And, And I'm not trying to mince words here. I felt really dumb when I was a kid. Um, So I went on a quest to overcome these challenges, and that's led me to where I am today. Everything that I do is something that I teach. It's not something that I'm born with, and I teach it every single day. And uh, just like you, where you have your your four R's, you have a system. Um, If you follow certain steps, you can have a very strong memory. And I hope today we can kind of combine your system and my system to to deal with uh, people who are, you know, depressed and, and lonely and having memory problems. Right. And like I said, you know, you weren't born with the gift of memory, but you just mm-hmm. had a challenge of dealing with severe ADHD and dyslexia. So how did you become this guru that's been all over the media of over 2000 shows as the memory guy and holding, you know, the record on, you know, the Guinness Book of World Records? How did you come about this? Well, I'd, I'd say the... Uh, I mean, the the actual technique is almost boring. Obviously, it's a you have to get a, a really good technique and 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 train and practice almost like an athlete of the mind. But really, the 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 real secret was that I didn't let my label hold me back. I decided to overcome these challenges, and I believed wholeheartedly every single moment that it was entirely up to me what I would make uh, out of my life. Um, so that's really where I came from, and that's what I I preach every single day today is I, I, I tell people um, uh, that uh, are in a similar 
a similar situation is don't not only don't be discouraged by your present circumstances, but use it to motivate you. One of the biggest motivations I had was to prove everybody wrong. <laughs> you know, right. who thought I, I I had a bad memory, and that was what helped me become this this memory guru. Now, did you have maybe a teacher maybe that inspired you or family member on some techniques? Like, were you just trying to figure things out on how to remember things like well, playing with I, I did, I did play have cards my mother who or... took me to the library. Uh, I, I did have my mother who took me to the library. And I will, I will tell for some of your younger uh, listeners, a library is what they had before the Internet. <laughs> yeah, um, what's that? A library card. You have a library card. <laughs> Yeah, when you want to look things up, uh, you know, instead of Google, they Google. have Dewey Decimal. It's very similar. Um, but, uh, yeah, so basically I, I, I uh, searched for solutions, and I, I came across a lot of stuff that wasn't that great, but I came across with some things that were, were very, very powerful. And, and how these, you know, these impairments actually ended up helping me was, um, and I don't know if this really applies to, to what we're talking about today, but I, I think that... Uh, for some reason, I was really motivated by negativity. And it sounds weird to say that. Everybody says, hey, when you see a kid, inspire them, you know, tell them positive things. And certainly, I was really thirsty for any sort of positive remarks. I found that adults, when you're a kid and you have learning challenges, adults are really hesitant to tell you you can do anything with your life because they're afraid of, like, setting up your expectations too high, you know, they're afraid of being irresponsible. And I think it's absolutely hilarious that we think positive thinking is irresponsible, yet we can say all sorts of negative things to kids, and we think we're being responsible. We think we're preparing them for life. So I had one teacher that did inspire me, but it was in a negative way. He literally told me that I would not be able to accomplish my set of life. There's no way that I could, uh, you know, be successful or or have a lot of money or something. Uh, I wouldn't be able to go to college. I wouldn't be able to get good grades. It's because I had these learning challenges, and he pretty much thought that the way you're born is the way you are for the rest of your life. And I realized that was his mindset. But I, him telling me that motivated me more than ever to prove the guy wrong. So I was motivated by a negative. I think a lot of people get a kick out of that. But if you have somebody in your life who's negative to you, uh, turn that into a, into a chance to prove them wrong. You know, every single day, wake up and tell yourself you're going to prove that person wrong. And one day you're going to be right. Right. And I think you you brought up a good point of how sometimes that can plant, you know, a negative seed and people can have that as their belief system about themselves. You know, like I said, if if this is all you're ever going to be, you know, you have dyslexia, you have ADHD, you're not going to amount to anything. And for you, maybe you're just a little bit unique in the way you process and think things. You turn that around to a positive of fueling as your motivation. But for some people, they just might take that um, as a root of who they are and might, you know, Absolutely. get stuck in that place. Yeah, growing up, I was very much into the yin and the yang. Um, I, I love comic books and superheroes, and, and where that applies is for every strength, like Superman has strength, he also has a weakness, which is kryptonite, and vice versa. So I thought if I have a weakness, maybe it gives me a strength in another area. That was my fundamental belief. And it was... 
looking back, it was a little delusional. I had no reason to believe this, but that belief mm-hmm. was very mm-hmm. powerful and very useful because I found it. I turned it into my strength. And of course, you know, you can look through halls of records and biographies to find all sorts of people who are ADD and dyslexic and accomplished amazing things, uh, you know, very wealthy people, things like that. Um, and there's a lot of theories behind that. But the one thing for me was really that, that, uh, the, the challenge, um, it, it, it brought out the best in me. You know, uh, it made me want to overcome it. Uh, whereas if I didn't have that challenge, maybe I wouldn't have tried so hard. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to try to think that way, but I, but it is very important to, to not believe what most people are telling you, especially if what they say is wrong. Cause it's so easy to bet on failure, right? It's so easy to, to fall down. It's so easy to say, Oh, you're going to gonna fall. Right. It's, it takes a lot of courage to say, you're going to stand, you're going to walk, you're going to run, you know, because there's a lot of things that can go wrong in life. Life is tough for the best of us, for the most privileged of us. Life can be tough, you know, and, and much less people who, who have a challenge or have something happen early on or midlife that, that, that throws a, a wrecking ball through things. Um, but all of those challenges, uh, you know, you can choose to see it as, oh, this is, this is finally, this is my day where I'm going to screw up and, and my life is over. Or you can see it as, as I'm not going to let this hold me back and I'm going to try even harder. Right. And tell us, Dave, before we take our our commercial break, you know, what were some of the challenges growing up? I mean, obviously, I'm sure academically um, your grades might have been affected because the teachers weren't able to understand at that time um, what some of your setbacks were. But in the home, you know, studying, maybe if your parents told you to go study and how would they best support you to get your homework done or projects done? And what were some of your personal challenges just trying to... Um, you know, live a daily routine. Well, you know, to be honest, actually, one of the one of the big challenges was that my home well, wasn't like that. I mean, I, I love my parents a great deal. Uh, my dad was a factory worker. My mom was a homemaker. Uh, I don't think they ever once told me to do my homework. It just didn't come up. They're not bad parents, but it's just they never, you know, they never went to higher education. They don't really know the value of education, so they didn't really try to instill that in me. Um, and I know that that can. Yeah, that can you know really surprise a lot of people, and I'm mm-hmm. certainly not bad mouthing my parents. They they did a wonderful job, but I want to make people aware that not everybody's not everybody's family is like that. Like some people are are trying real hard to put food on the table, so they don't bother to you know check every minutia of whether you're getting your homework done. So um, you know there were some times where I really struggled without structure, and I find that. What I ended up doing is creating a system that gave myself structure, but if I were to go back in time and, and somehow magically have control over the situation, I would have given myself structure. Anybody who has a learning challenge, a focus issue, um, finding structure and routine is very, very important. And this actually goes to our topic today uh, of, of memory and, and things like depression and loneliness. Um, having a routine and having habits can be one of the things that helps uh, combat that, in a, in a not just you know, makes you feel better about yourself, but quite literally, it, it gives you a stronger memory. You you have um, your 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 memory and, and your brain really likes to have something that it looks forward to. Yeah, and let's take our first commercial break, Dave. And when we come back, I want to segue into you know the links between loneliness and memory, and I'll share just a little bit of you know drawing from my own personal experience and mm-hmm. dealing with grief and how it played into my recovery of memory. So let's go ahead and take our commercial break. And when we come back with Dave, we'll talk about the link between loneliness and memory. Mm-hmm. 
your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges? Or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Deetta Jones and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford, and our guest today is Dave Pharaoh. He's a two-time Guinness record holder for having the greatest memory. He's been featured on over 2,000 interviews in the media, including the Today Show, Live with Regis and Kelly, Steve Harvey, Discovery Channel, and many others. And before the break, he wanted to share with us, you know, some of his challenges of, you know, dealing with ADHD and focusing with his memory as a child. And in this segment, I really wanted to link the two of loneliness and memory. So Dave, you know, when we're dealing with the loneliness, such as, you know, when somebody's coping with the loss or maybe they're suffering in silence and abuse, you know, our memory obviously can be affected. You know, I'll I'll just share quickly um, drawing from my own experiences, what I went through and dealing with my own grief, you know, I was inundated, just I'm sure any, anybody out there has dealt with grief and losing a spouse, um, inundated with a lot of details and overwhel- overwhelming of the responsibilities. You know, I had meetings and plannings of the logistics of the funeral, dealing with attorneys, medical doctors. You know, at the time, I, my kids were only four and five years old, so they were still at school and you know, working with the paperwork with my employer and insurance and HR, you know, oftentimes I, I literally forgot 
what to eat. I didn't even know what day or time time it was during the day. I had to ask people to really remind me of certain tasks, even though they were just everyday, normal, simple tasks that I had to get done. And, you know, before I turn the floor over to you, you, you brought up in the prior segment, you know, our, our memory and focus can be affected. I remember having a program participant that I was, you know, mentoring. Her name was Mary. She recently lost her child, her son, to cancer. You know, he's about seven or eight years old. And she told me at the beginning of the mentoring program, she had a tough time just focusing on simple tasks like getting out of the bed or trying to decide on what to wear or when she got to work, she wasn't able to concentrate on the task that needed to be done that day at work. So can you help our audience, Dave, you know, what, what's really the link between the emotions of going through loneliness and, and memory? Oh, absolutely. Well, um, I, I'll, uh, I'll come out on your, uh, on your show a little bit and, and uh, have the courage to admit I actually uh, suffered from acute depression when I was younger, and, and it dogged me a lot. And I think that that was exacerbating a lot of things that I never really treated. Um, so I, I, I can feel for a lot of the people listening. Uh, you know, th- there are two main categories I would put this down in, and certainly, um, you know, I, I, I want to encourage anybody, if you're experiencing, you know, true depression, you know, don't do what I did and, and just kind of deal with it. You know, go to uh, a counselor, go to a doctor, something like that. Um, at least talk to somebody about it, make it clear so you're not, you're not suffering alone. You're not alone. Um, that's, that's a great line to remember. Um, but, uh, you know, in, in my experience, what I found was that there was two kind of distinctive ways that interfe- interfered with my cognitive process. So, uh, number one, it was almost chemical. You know, when you're, when you're uh, in about a depression or when you're sad, um, your brain just, uh, you're releasing a lot of different hormones. You know, you're releasing uh, 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 serotonin instead of dopamine. You might be releasing mm-hmm. more cortisol and cortisol. stress hormone. Right. Uh, you, you might be, uh, well, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're someone who, uh, like, like my wife, who um, uh, experiences some panic situations because uh, she lost her parents uh, at a young age. She lost her, her dad when she was five. Mm-hmm. She lost her mom uh, right after our, our wedding, actually, uh, um, and that was just a few years ago. So she'll have moments of panic. What that does, and, and everything in between, person listening right now might not have panic, but you'll have something similar. What that does is it releases certain hormones in the brain, like adrenaline or cortisol or something like that, and they directly interfere with your brain's ability to form connections, to fire on all cylinders. Um, one of the other things that happens when you get into one of these panic modes is that your lizard brain becomes active, the amygdala. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. you've talked about this before. The, yeah, the inner your survival. Brain or the, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the more primitive brain becomes active and your higher brain functions shut down. Now, this is a survival mechanism. Don't get mad at yourself. Don't get all depressed uh, in the sense that that you know you think there's something wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you this is uh, a survival mechanism that you need because when you have uh, a panic situation your body thinks that you are under attack and it's going to put you into the best mode it can for you to deal with a physical attack you know an attacker coming at you um, but I always say this you know when when you're being attacked or you're being chased you don't need math you know, you don't <laughs> right. need higher brain functions, right? <laughs> yeah. 
so, just there to uh, so, so this is what happens. Uh, this is what happens with students all the time. Is they uh, they have a lot riding on on a particular exam. They do incredibly well in a practice test. They get into the exam and they stress out because of the nature of the exam, and they start doing poorly. This poor performance makes them stress out even more, and it exacerbates the cycle of of bad memory. So uh, what you're doing is you're releasing more and more hormones. So I'll give you a couple of tools. I'm not just going to complain here all day. Um, but I'm going to give you some actual tools that directly reverse this. So if you're experiencing a physical sensation where, you know, you're feeling uh, uh, jittery, your hands are shaking, or maybe your heart's beating really quickly, uh, a couple things that you can do right away is think of a happy place. Think of a, a cottage. In my case, I, I use my cottage. Think of a beach. Think of something beautiful. And you can close your eyes to do it. Uh, but put yourself somewhere else because that's going to trick your brain into thinking that there's no more danger, that, that you're okay. Okay. Now, logically, you know that you're still in that exam room or you're still in the middle of that fight or whatever, uh, but on some level, your brain buys into it, and that'll actually help slow down your heart. Uh, another thing is deep breathing. You breathe through your stomach, so let your stomach inflate with air and let it breathe out. Uh, in North America, we're so focused on having perfect abs. It's like we're an ab-obsessed culture that everybody holds their stomach in and they breathe through their chest. Do you ever notice shallow, that? Shallow are going, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the shallow breathers. <laughs> Yeah, the shallow breathing. Well, you know what you're doing when you breathe through your chest? That's actually a different nervous system. You're telling your nervous system that there's some danger because breathing through your chest is what you do to get oxygen into your body really quickly. So imagine if you're in the woods and you saw a bear, you'd go, right? That's the mm-hmm. first response. You're breathing in really quickly. Well, why is that your natural response? It's because your body wants to get a whole bunch of oxygen really quickly because you might have to run somewhere. Right. So if you're breathing through your chest, you're telling your body there's a danger here. There's something going on. So stop your chest from moving and breathe through your stomach. Let your stomach go in and out like Buddha uh, is a good is a good example. Um, so that's it. Change your thoughts and then change your actions, how you breathe, and that can help control the physical aspect. Uh, the, the other side of the coin is the emotional aspect, and it's more of a psychological game. It's kind of like that, that cycle of, uh, you know, oh, there's a lot of writing on this test, uh, but because there's so much writing on it, I get forgetful, and then I'm going to do poorly on the test, and that makes me even more stressed out, and I become more forgetful, and it's this crazy cycle. Um, a lot of people are just, my, are just swimming in negativity. I'm sure you've experienced this with, with some people you work with, where you just, you just have to wake them up. And and, right, and let through. them know that yeah yeah and just break through all that negativity. And I'm not saying that there are not challenges in life. I am not. I'm not going to be. I'll be the first one to say that that life is difficult for everyone, bar none. Everyone has their cross to bear, so to speak. And and I I feel for anyone who has had any sort of challenges. But here's the thing: if you if you focus on that challenge, what happens is that that reality uh, becomes your distraction too. So you're focusing on that instead of focusing on, you know, what to, what to pick up for dinner, what, what your PIN code is um, mm-hmm. at your ATM machine, you know, what, uh, what you're supposed to do when you get on the way home, um, you know, little things like that. That's where you start to get all forgetful because in your in-between time, in the time when you have some downtime, you start getting these negative thoughts running through your head. And then those create emotional responses, you know, you think, hey, somebody hates me, that gives you an emotional response, that emotional response drives that fear of, the, of somebody hates me, and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, 
all the while you forget to pick up chicken on the way home. And it yeah. sounds it sounds really silly the way I framed it, but it really is that practical. It is it is those little things. And then what happens is you start to think, oh, I'm forgetful. I'm I'm a moron. I'm an idiot. And you start to get even more down on yourself. And it, it creates this cycle where you forget more, then you think you're you're dumber, and then you forget more, and you think you're even worse. And you the the the, the put down cycle, if you will. You've probably got a better name for it, but that yeah. that's one of those things that it interferes with your with your ability to take control of your thoughts. Well, I think that's that's a very good point when you're talking about breaking through the cycle of that challenge because, you know, with the two studies that I shared with the, what was it, the University of Sterling and the University of Michigan, when, you know, in their study, they said there was a possible link between poor short-term memory, kind of like you said when you're trying to pick yep. up chicken on the way home, and your working memory, and when you you know, mull things over in your mind of negativity or what you're focus on, focusing on, it leads to, you know, even depression. You know, that's how yeah. it, like I said, the chemicals that's released in your brain, um, you know, you're, it's what thoughts that you're thinking about. And it's been, like I said, it's been linked to depression and um, mm-hmm. linking between the surroundings and your environment and what you focus, focus on. Yeah, and and I, I mean I can I can feel for anybody who's in that situation. I I've got no shame in saying I've had times where I've I've um, you know had that acute depression and I uh, really did not want to get out of bed. You know I didn't want, did not want to to overcome this. And you, the only way I could really do it was to kind of relax through it and let the negativity just kind of let it go, let the stress go, and and then. Just get to work. Get moving. Uh, One of the best uh, things that we know from um, there's... There's, there's like this, there's so much that I want to share on here, but one of the things that kind of helped me through this, uh, and it's it's partially kind of a scientific approach, although I, I don't I, I want to I don't want to say it's 100. percent It's kind of a little a little more philosophy, but essentially, whatever is causing the problem, you just try to you know reverse those symptoms, and you'll you'll affect the the source of it. So if you're uh, feeling afraid all the time, and then you're you're putting yourself down, and then you're feeling afraid, and you're putting yourself down. If you reverse the putting yourself down part, then it starts to affect the feeling afraid part. You know, if you reverse oh, some part of that okay. cycle. It affects everything else, but it's a conscious choice. So you know, I mean, you you do some some great things uh, with your uh, uh, with your clients. You do some great things with people. You know, getting them to think of what they're grateful for, getting into the habit of that, uh, getting into that mindset, because then that starts the positive cycle, or at the very least, it stops that negative cycle. Right, and it's really all about you know exercising your power to choose and make that choice. And sometimes when you're in a traumatic event, adversity, you maybe you don't know what the possibilities are, or your your perception isn't expanded mm-hmm. to what's possible. So that's you know that's one thing I want people to be aware of is you know one yeah. you do have the power to choose, and two, uh, like you brought up earlier, find a network out there because know that you don't have to be alone in going through your loneliness or your depression or some of your setbacks and trauma, but really find a network and they'll be able to best support you and showing you and expanding your your awareness on what's possible. So let's do this, Dave. Let's take our commercial break. And when we come back, let's dig deeper into some of the um, feelings and emotions of how 
you know, ADHD, dyslexia, and depression basically alienated you and how we can best support um, some more strategies and tips. For oh, and there's also there. there's another great cycle that you can get out of, and we're going to talk about that when we get after the break as well. There's another very big cycle people are getting into. Okay, right on. Let's take our commercial break, and when we come back with Dave Farrow. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence, Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The pressures of work, home, and personal life exerts its toll on us on a daily basis. Yet, it feels risky to let others see what lies beneath the facade, let alone talk about it. What would be possible if we could connect with each other at a deeper level, in the place where our shared humanity lies? Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadek to discover how to do this in your own life. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned into you are not alone to reach april j ford or her guest on today's program you may call in to 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 if you'd rather send april an email her email address is april j ford at joys now back to you are not alone how to rise above life's challenges Welcome back. We are speaking with Dave Farrow today on how loneliness and memory play a big part of recovery. And just before the break, Dave shared with us some of the tools for you to reverse, you know, that moment of anxiety or when your brain is basically operating its survival mode. And the top three notes that, you know, I took down is one, change you know, your, your thoughts, think of a happy place as he called, calls it, that would be visualization. Ooh. And two is breathing. Of course, our body would need, um, always needs a good amount of oxygen to be in a calm state. And three is really the, you know, breaking through the cycle, knowing what you're going to be focusing on and exercising your power to choose and knowing what your um, options and possibilities are out there. And Dave, what was the other cycle that you wanted to bring up? 
Well, this is something that, um, you know, it's a, it's a little outside of my forte, but I think both of our experiences, we really have to mention it. I talk a lot about diet um, and exercise in my blogging um, because the the mental game, I mean, and just to, for, for those of you who don't know who I am, and a lot of people new or listening, they might know who I am, but if you don't, I, I teach people how to improve their memory. So there's techniques you can do uh, by visualizing certain things, by, uh, by playing kind of mental games, you can memorize vast amounts of stuff. I did 59 decks of cards. I've done, you know, all sorts of, of other cool stuff with it. But the physical aspect, so that's kind of like, you know, upgrading the software of your brain. But the hardware is something that people don't realize. And I'm a very very passionate about what we eat. And this would be under the category of self-medication. Uh, people who get depressed, people who um, have loneliness, uh, you know, you feel bad. If you're not consciously aware that, hey, I'm feeling bad, so my body's going to crave something that's going to make me feel good. If you're not consciously aware of that, you could go down uh, a bad path. Uh, you know, like, obviously, people can start drinking, they can take drugs, they can do all sorts of things. They can they can get into into adrenaline rushes and gambling mm-hmm. or something like that. But they can also eat terribly. I mean, you know, like, let's just say that ice cream makes you feel better, you know? So it's chocolate, <laughs> and I love it. You know, it makes you feel good, right? But the thing is, if, if you have a continuous bad diet, then you're actually making those other problems worse. If you think your hormones and, and brain chemistry are out of whack, just imagine what happens when you add too much sugar to it. Now, I'm not suggesting everybody go on a macrobiotic, uh, granola-fueled, quinoa-expressing <laughs> vegan diet tomorrow, okay? But you have to be That's aware of these things, and you have a conscious choice. You can, you, can, uh, you can grab some ice cream to make yourself feel better, or you can take a breath, you know, you can tell yourself that you're, you know, you deserve to be treated well, that you're a nice person, that, you know, your brain, I, I like to use the phrase, you know, your brain is lying to you. You know, if you're, if you're getting negative thoughts, it's, oh, that's just your brain, brain lying to you. It's, it's misfiring. And being aware of it being a misfire, it kind of gives you control over it. You're not, you're not controlled by it. Um, and, you know, just eat a well-balanced diet. You don't have to do a crazy amount of super health food stuff. I and mean, you, you, you talk a lot, uh, April, a lot about, about physical health. Health, and that's a great way that you came back from the edge yourself. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, for most yeah. people, that w- you can elaborate on it. <laughs> well, taking more of a holistic approach, you know, we are, you know, multidimensional oh. beings. We have also a mind, body, and a soul. And obviously, we have to feed our minds with, you know, positive thoughts and feed um, our bodies and souls, like you said, with diet, exercise, and proper nutrition. And that's why, you know, I really put a big emphasis on taking a holistic approach to, um, you know, recovering from a setback. It's not just about, you know, doing one thing, just sitting here with our vision boards and thinking positive thoughts. It, it's, it's, you know, what are we doing on the daily basis for our, like you said, our diet and our exercise, our, our well-being, what modalities, whether it's Eastern philosophy or Western um, medicine and mm-hmm. combining those. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and also, you know, I would say that um 
if uh, it's also a matter of pride in yourself. So if we look at that one cycle of negative self-talk, you say bad things about yourself, that causes you to perform poorly. You know, I, 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 I deal with students a lot who are under a lot of pressure to get their education and, and not you know, drop out and, and have just a mountain of debt without a degree, and that's a whole pile of stress right there. So mm-hmm. if they start performing poorly, then that adds to their stress. Their stress adds to their bad performance, and they start getting negative self-talk, then if you add the negative self-talk, then that starts to lower your self-esteem. You know, you're not going to treat your body very well if you don't think you're worth all that much. Right. You know, if you if you think you're a piece of crap, then you're going to be like, well, I might as well eat like a piece of crap. And then you start, you know, you're eating junk it. food for yeah. breakfast all day and, you know, pizzas, your lunch, and, and, and you don't get any, you know, decent vitamins. Then you're going to be, you know, exhausted, you'll be tired, and then... Will you have any energy to fight that negative self-talk? Absolutely not. So it's a matter of, of, it's one of those funny things. Once you start talking about this, it touches everything. You know, the answer to this is everything has to change. But, you know, don't get overwhelmed. You can just make one little change. You know, I know that there's a lot of um, young kids that we do this with. And it's not just me. There's lots of people who, who go out there and, and there's some great programs that get uh, underprivileged kids. They get um, a good meal in the morning, you know, or mm-hmm. they get like a healthy lunch or something like that. And you see their grade points rise. And of course, it's because they're getting good nutrition. But do you think they also maybe feel better about themselves because someone's taking care of them? You know, they're thinking, hey, if right. that person cares about me, maybe I should care about myself. And right. give myself, their immune system. Uh, their, yeah. I mean, their self-esteem as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I so, think you, you know, just just to echo on that with the cycle that it breeds, we, we know with loneliness, you know, speaking from experience, when there's loneliness in the environment, it does have a ripple effect on our health. I believe it was a BYU study that indicates that loneliness is being linked to uh, mortality, mortality because of the other side effects it causes. It causes, you know, depression. It causes, um, like you said, unhealthy habits, whether it's drugs or alcohol and oh, yeah. you know, anxiety, unhealthy relationships. So it just like has this ripple effect of other health concerns. And that's why loneliness has been um, on the radar with, um, with our health industry as becoming one of the health concerns. Well, I, absolutely. And, and also, you know, um, when, when you talk to somebody who's lonely, they think that they're the only ones in the world. I mean, it's it's actually like the title of your program is so beautiful because, you know, You Are Not Alone has so many different levels to it, you know? If you're alone, you're still not alone in <laughs> right, that because there right. are a lot of people out there who are who are alone, you know? I know a lot of people who just, just are single and they think, you know, they look around and they think everyone's hooked up and everyone everyone is, is connected and that's simply not the case. There are all sorts of, of variations, but, you know, we focus on whatever we're obsessed with. And if we're obsessed with a negative, we're obsessed with what we're missing out on, then that's all we're going to focus on. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So let's take a break, Dave. And when we come back, I'd like for you to share with our listeners some um, memory solutions. You touched on it a little bit earlier, such as, you know, maybe having, you know, mental games of updating your software or having associations and meeting. And when we come back from the break, I want you to elaborate more on that and on something that our audience can do as far as helping their memory, especially in dealing with a crisis. Thank you. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges? Or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home, and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back, and I've been excited to bring on a guest today, Dave Farrow. He is a two-time Guinness record holder for having the greatest memory. In our prior segments, we talked about how loneliness and memory play a big part in recovery, and I wanted Dave to share some simple memory solutions that you can implement, you know, as a listener at home, and um, some of the work Dave has been doing with some um, our kids at schools with his Yes. Um, tournament club. So, Dave, share some simple strategies or techniques um, that we can do at sure. home. Sure, sure. So, if anybody wants to find out more about what I do, uh, you can go to pushbuttonmemory.com. That's push buttons, like pushing a button on your memory, pushbuttonmemory.com. Or you can just uh, Google Dave Farrow. It's uh, uh, arrow with an F on it, F-A-R-R-O-W. Uh, and then there's all our, all sorts of stuff on there. Um, you know, one of the things we uh, I started doing to give back is uh, helping students study better. And we turned um, memory uh, techniques into a brain game. And one of the best things you can use for students is actually one of the greatest things you can use if you're, if you're easily distracted right now or if you're dealing with depression or loneliness, and that is actually bringing interval training to your brain. So those of you who don't know what interval training is, that's uh, it's actually a workout term. Uh, it means when you uh, w- when you're exercising for a very short chunk of time, but very intensely. So you'll be you know sprinting between here and the next um, you know telephone pole, and then you walk to the following one, and then you sprint to the next one. And the idea is that um, you know short bursts of intensity will do better than long bursts of of, of relaxation. So um, what we found with the brain, this is even more powerful. 
Uh, our brains really, really like to be in a minor crisis for a short period of time. So if you have a bunch of to-dos that you have to do, you're actually going to be more likely to do those, those, to those challenges if you push yourself to do a couple of them and then give yourself a little breather than if you uh, pace yourself. So what I mean is oh, okay. um, break up your tasks. I'm going to kind of try to say this in layman's terms. Break up your tasks into tiny little chunks, things that will take you five minutes at a time, you know, just you know, rushing around the house and picking up all the dishes and putting it in the dishwasher. Like that's one task. And then give yourself a breather. You don't have to like, you know, open up a bottle of wine and spend the whole night. <laughs> but, you know, g- give yourself a couple minutes, just clear your head, and then do something else really intensely. And you'll find that your brain really feels comfortable with that. When you're doing something at a slow pace and you're just, you know, you're cleaning up and then you're doing this and then you're doing this. It feels like the work is never ending. But well, when you break it, it up into these little chunks. It also leads to procrastination, you, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you feel, you feel the, the momentum if you get these chunks done, especially if you put them down on a to-do list. We do this with students and we turn it into a memory game that's kind of done like chess where two students go head-to-head um, memorizing something and then they recall it uh, back and forth. So one person remembers one and then the other person remembers number two and back and forth until a mistake is made. So it gets pretty pretty exciting, actually, for a memory game. Um, but uh, the one thing we found is that by training the brain in these short bursts of intense focus, they do much better on tests and exams. They do much better in stressful situations. Uh, and this is oh, okay. exactly perfect for somebody who's easily distracted or you've got a lot of negative self-talk. Get your brain wired up on a task and be so involved in it that you can't do any negative self-talk. Then you give yourself a little bit of a break and then you do it again. And it's one of those things, you might be able to relate to this, that one of the best ways to combat some of these negative feelings is by getting busy, you know? So, right. so get busy with what works well with you and break it up into those intervals. That's my, my best uh, suggestion right here. I've got a lot more, uh, you know, YouTube videos on memory techniques. And if anybody wants to contact me, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, be happy to talk to you. You can, you can get a hold of me at DaveFarrow.com. But just breaking your large, intimidating tasks into small chunks and doing them intensely and then giving yourself a break and doing it intensely, that really uh, does something to your brain. You have to experience it to see it. Okay. And that's actually a good technique. I actually use that on my kids. I call it the quick five when we need to, like you said, do a quick house cleaning. We're not going to spend three hours deep cleaning the house every night, but just five minutes, we set the timer and everybody just runs through the house madly to finish up, you know, cleaning their section of the house. And then when the time is up, then you take a quick um, break. But how do you, in order to be able to do that, Dave, how do you, you know, maybe another challenge would be a distraction. How do you remove the distraction to focus intensely for that given amount of time, whether it's working on a paper for, Oh, that, that's actually a great example, yeah. Well, I'll give you another great example. Writers do this really well. If you're working on a book, I've written several books this way, and this is actually uh, one of the ways that Stephen King does things, although it, he calls it something else. It's very similar to our focus technique. Um, if, if you're getting distracted during, we call it a focus burst, if you're getting distracted during your focus burst, then you need to shorten it or raise the intensity. So when we're writing, um, I'll have, uh, you know, so for each chapter of a book, I'll have, say, 15 different um, points that I want to get across in that chapter. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, 
you know, feverishly trying to write down as fast as I can all the ideas that pop into my head. If I'm starting to get distracted, then maybe my focus burst is a little too long. I've kind of pushed myself a little too far and you just shorten it. It's going to seem weird, but you can actually get a tremendous amount of work done in five minutes at a time. In fact, it's actually the secret of my Guinness record. Uh, when I memorized 59 decks of cards, I did each deck five minutes at a time. And when you learn the technique, you can memorize the deck of cards in five minutes. Trust me, there's a way to do it. But um, I gave myself a break in between, and then I did it intensely. And that allowed me to beat everybody in the world at this because I had the highest accuracy. Um, I could only see each card once, and I had to recall with near-perfect accuracy. So essentially, I was able to remember deck number 40 as equally perfect as I did deck number one. And the only way I was able to do that is, is by controlling my focus. I didn't have, you know, I didn't start off fresh and slowly decline. I gave myself these short breaks in between and did an intense mindset uh, to, to accomplish my tasks. Wow. And I think we have probably have just time for one or two more. Are there any other solutions? I mean, this is a great one. I'm going to keep doing that. And I think for me, it was more of the focus. Like you said, it could be yeah. shortening the time or increasing the intensity. The intensity because, yeah. And that, yeah. just, that just means making it a bigger goal. You know, instead of picking up all the, just all the, the dishes and putting in the dishwasher, now you're doing all the dishes and all the, the, the laundry or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, what I'd have to say also what really helps is to put this down into, into a to-do list. Make a task list. And then as you take off your focus burst, then you start accomplishing things. And there's nothing like accomplishing things that makes you feel better about yourself. Um, another thing that can help your memory, actually, is try to make associations. Uh, there's a whole art to making associations, but I'll give you a basic idea right now. If you have to remember to do something first thing in the morning uh, and you use your cell phone as your alarm clock, as most people do, so let's say I have to call, let's say I have to call April first thing in the morning. Let's say I have to give you a, give you a, a wake-up call or something like that uh, when, when I wake up. Chances are if I did not use a technique, I would, I would wake up, I'd go throughout my morning routine, and sometime around noon I'd remember that I was supposed to call you and I'd call to apologize. How many times right. have you been in that situation? Right? right. So instead of that, what I would imagine, and this is no reference on you, but I would imagine you would grab my cell phone and like break it or something crazy. And I would imagine that just as I'm falling asleep. And the reason is that's an association between my cell phone and you. When I wake up, I'm going to touch my cell phone. That silly picture is going to pop into my head and I'm going to remember that instant to give you a call. You can do the same thing with your front door for things that you want to do when you get home. You can do the same thing with your desk for things you want to do when you get to work, things like that. Try making these little associations. I actually have a friend of mine um, that I, ta- I told this technique to save their life. They thought they were getting Alzheimer's and, and forgetfulness all the time because they couldn't remember a simple grocery list. I told them to imagine the groceries placed around their car. Imagine the ice cream melting on the steering wheel, the eggs kind of you know shoved oh. into the dashboard. And, and what what they do is anytime they have groceries, they just imagine like shoving it into some part of their car. Once they get into their car, driving on the way home from work, immediately all of these uh, all of these grocery items pop into their head, and they don't forget to pick up their groceries. So that's a little uh, little trick from the memory guy, and uh, you know, contact me wow. for more. Wow, it's been a pleasure to have Dave Farrow on with us today. Make sure you check out his website, pushbuttonmemory.com, where you can just Google Dave Farrow, and it's spelled F-A-R-R-O-W. Alrighty, everyone, I'm April J. Ford here on Voice America with You Are Not Alone. I share my story and this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face, but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it.
I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith, and I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs, and let others know you are not alone. Know that there's gold to be discovered in our challenges, and know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered at our new time every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week.